yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man, I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. Man. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouth. But if they won, she tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab. Yeah. Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talkin they know what they be talking about. Talkin they can press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love yeah. And who the ball, the ball. So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. Yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man, I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. Man, I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouth. But if they won, she tap. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, he know what he be talking about. Mike and Charles, they know what they be talking about. They can press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a loss, yeah. And who the ball, ball. So listen to Professor, yes sir. And pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Cavill inside the HBCU Sports Labs with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. You see Mike Washington is out, but we got a team together. We got A.D. Drew. He's coming from behind the camera. We got the regular football analyst, B.J. Jones. B.J. Jones, man, I saw what you did on Tuesday, man. You had me wrapped up, man. You put bring some fire, man. That's a, that's a nice little setup y'all got, uh, what y'all doing over there. Some of the stuff y'all crazy, but. Some of it is just entertainment. I love it. Uh, outside of that, you know, you regularly doing your show. Uh, you come on there with Carlo Brown on Saturday, drop some nuggets and some dimes. We'll get a chance today because we got a little special, uh, another game that breaks down, which is Southern and Mississippi Valley. That's a Sunday game this weekend. Mm -hmm. So we get a chance to let B.J. Jones, the football specialist, let Charles do what he does. And so we'll, we'll get into it. And then we got behind the scenes, A.D. Drew. BCSN, as we told you earlier this week, actually put the production together for the Gulf Coast Challenge. And so we get some breakdown and really get you some insight of what took place in some of these matchups this weekend. So we're going to be on fire. This is Dr. Ville inside the HBCU Sports Lab, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. So I'm going to go around the horn and let everybody introduce themselves and say what they thought was going on. You see, I'm literally in the backyard in Dallas at the pool chilling. I was nice today. I didn't get in the jacuzzi. I didn't want to frustrate anybody <laughs> but you know we will do the slow burn smoke because we got us another trophy we're gonna see if we can get one that's really special at the end of the year but i give coach duly his props when it comes to that regular season trophy he gets it in he knows what he's doing with that let me mm -hmm. go around the horn go with charles bishop how you doing today 
Doing well, Dr. Cabell. You know, I'm coming to you from uh, Jackson, Mississippi. Is over here at the W.C. Gordon Classic yesterday, Jackson State and Delta State, of course, with the pregame show with my guy Neely, uh, where we're giving you uh, uh, insight uh, for our real-time reactions from the players along the sidelines, as well as our real-time reactions from Coach Prime as well. So uh, Jackson State got the victory yesterday, but we'll get into it. Yeah, let's get into it. Let's get into it before we get into it. Let me ask BJ Jones, how you doing? You see my little twin mini me back there. The <laughs> so I'm gonna keep an eye. If I have to dive off, because this boy don't listen, he gets in that pool. I'm gonna let y'all know. I'm gonna dive in and take over the show. So I got to turn Superman. He he think he can swim, but you know how that goes. So we'll see. With that being shared, let me go to BJ Jones and ask him, how you doing, BJ? Man, I'm doing pretty good, Doc. Um, in fact, some of the scores were a little uh, eye-popping uh, yesterday. Uh, I, do you say? Do you say? Yes. Yes. I, mean, I think that a lot of people had a lot of high hopes uh, for mm. one Bethune-Cookman. Uh, and and I, was getting, I was getting updates about that game, and I was like, whoa, Belma State is – looked like how we thought that Belma State may look. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and, that, and that team is showing up. Uh, Jackson State – put my phone down. I was like, oh, Jackson State has this one in hand. Mm -hmm. And I saw alerts. I was like, hey, you might want to check this one out. And, um, yeah, Lord and behold, man, it comes down there to the, you know, to the wire. Um, and then for Alabama A&M, you know, we've been, tell we've been told, hey, the Alabama A&M defensively will, you know, pick it back up. You will see some improvements. Well, I ain't seen them yet, to be honest with you. <laughs> we'll get into that a little more. But, uh, yeah, man, just game. overall, yeah. Overall, yesterday, man, just a solid day of HBCU football. No doubt. It's a place to be in the house. With that, A.D. AD Drew, I'm mixing your name up, making you two. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing fine. I'm still uh, on location here in Mobile, Alabama, where uh, Black College Sports Network uh, produced the Gulf, Gulf Coast Challenge. I, I so badly want to call it classic, but they call it the challenge. Right. Yesterday, but the challenge was a classic on yesterday as Alabama AM did everything they could to let Tuskegee stay in their game. But Tuskegee took advantage of about 70% of the opportunities that Alabama AM gave them. So, you know, if if Tuskegee takes advantage of one or two more opportunities, we may be talking about the upset of the year uh, thus far. And the way Tuskegee has been playing of late, it truly would have been an upset of the year, not in terms of what many people think of the name brand of that program and how they've always played, you know, those state public schools really close uh, and really have the better part of Alabama State in a lot of ways, uh, if you would. With that being said, let me get into it and properly bring everybody in. Welcome to episode 185 of Inside the HBCU Sports Lab radio show and podcast, the show that's covering the sporting HBCU dash for all things HBCU sports, from institutions large and small, from NAIA to the NCAA. We share insights and information on HBCU sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic program and the business of HBCU sports. Yes, I say all that because that's what we do, and each of those are independently different, and if you understand or are part of this culture, you know why it's important to make sure that we do that distinguishing, not just in terms of what I do academically, in terms of genres, but in terms of how we all live our lives. We are part of that HBCU culture through and through, 
just like B.J. Jones is letting everybody know he, he kind of freeish about this time, <laughs> and I certainly understand what he <laughs> means by that. With that being said, I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, along with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bitch. And as we do on Sunday, we bring you that special edition. We bring in B.J. Jones, the football analyst. Uh, and not only does he do HBCU analysts, that's where he's the guru, but he does football analysts and do it at any level. I just want y'all to know that sometimes they'll pigeonhole folks. We do this because we want to, not because it's the only thing we can do. Then we got production extraordinaire, previous a coach, and has talent, among other things, that A.D. Drew. And you know Professor Bishop, as he gets down, he's going to give you insight of how we do it. So we're literally in our home studio, except for Dr. Cavill. I'm on the road, and we'll, we'll, we'll get this in. With that being said, today's episode of the Inside HBCU Sports Lab is brought to you, sponsored by THG Agency LLC. THG Agency is a company that provides sporting and educational consulting and data analytics. And as you know, we've now moved in the multimedia uh, platform. So let's get it on. Let me give you the scores of the day. Let me take this up front. We had a classic burn burner, if you would, in every frame of the word on Thursday, just to set up the weekend. Well, Alcorn State came back from, what, 19 points down to win uh, in Pine Bluff, 39 to 38. That was on ESPNU. Stayed up and watched every minute of it. You had Howard to let one get away in so many different ways. They lose to Robert Morris, 22 to 16. That is 16 of 13, 16, 14 lead late in that game. Uh, could not hold on and then could not get back in position to score a touchdown as they uh, went down the field. Had a crucial drop on third and 12 that would have went for about 20 plays, would at least made it a little more interesting with about 30-some seconds and could not convert on fourth down. Virginia Union bounces back with a big win, 43-7, to seven, dominating Johnson C. Smith. Shaw does what they do, 41-6 to six over Lincoln, PA, struggling over this year. Uh, Shawan uh, defeats St. Augustine 59-12. to 12. Uh, That's the HBCU St. Augustine, as you know. Winston-Salem State loses to Elizabeth City State. Might be a sli- mm. slight upset to some folks, especially mm-hmm. after yeah. what we saw last week. We thought the Rams were maybe going to be able to get an uptick and make a different statement. They lose 14-10, credit to the Vikings. You have West Virginia, the HBCU, loses to non-HBCU or historically white college, Notre Dame, Ohio, 32-14. Big win here. Quietly as they get the done, and we've told everybody, watch out. Norfolk State Spartan, 28-16 uh, to 16 over St. Francis, PA, historically white college. I know B.J. Jones always keeps a big eye over there. He told a lot of people while everybody was glowing and happy. He said, not so fast, my friend. That's a good coach. He's got our program where he needs to go. So uh, we'll see. Extraordinary. He, he, y'all better start listening. The man tells you what you need to know. <laughs> Jackson State gets it done against Division II Delta State. Now, this was a top 20 Division II team. Mm-hmm. Not maybe the championship-level Delta State team, but this is a solid program. And it's that in-state rival. They knew what they need to do over at Historically White College, 24-17. Probably closer than most folks thought, though, but it was a solid one. We'll see. We'll get into that because Charles will give you his perspective on that as we break things down even more. Lincoln, Missouri just gets nipped out and can't get that win as they lose to Northeastern State, the historically white college, 49-48. Tennessee State gets drubbed as they get into conference play in the OVC. Southeastern Missouri defeats them 47-14, historically white college there. Uh, Merrimack. Comes back to defeat Delaware State. I thought Delaware State didn't look like Miag maybe having a great day. I was looking at that 
They were leading in all the games. Uh, Delaware State was winning 10-0. But as they say, that's why you play all the quarters. DJ Jones reminded us on Thursday that. And they get drugged 47-10. Yeah, Florida Memorial, they keep fighting, but they lose to historically white college. Cumberland 19-7. Kentucky State gets it done in the Circle City Classic over Benedict, 34-28. Alabama A&M. Holds on in a high-scoring affair, 45 to 35, dominated that game. AD Drew will talk about how Tuskegee Golden Tigers come back in a lot of ways. I wanted to call them kittens, but I thought I might get in trouble, so I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I, I, do have, I do have the off button over here, Doc. <laughs> exactly. That's why I put that pause in there. Don't do that. We want to get through the show. Um, they do defeat uh, Tuskegee. Golden Tigers, 45 to 35. Prairie View, 24 to 10 over Grambling. And in a lot of ways, while this is no longer um, an afterthought in many ways, all of us pretty much claim this victory. But the thing is, if you talk about history, this is the fourth, first time that Prairie View has won four straight games in the Classic wow. since it started back in 1925. Obviously, in the late 70s, you got the Grambling Prairie View matchup. You got to go back when Prairie View was dominating with black college championships to the 50s. You know, they dominated in the 50s and 60s as one of the mainstay programs along with FAMU and a couple of other ones out there. Um, that was the last time that they won 50 to 54, if you would, because they didn't play in 51. Um, but they won four straight games during that period. That gives you some indication of what's taking place there. And maybe you should keep one eye on Prairie View. We'll see what many people think, or is it too early for that? Bowie State dominates Livingston 49 and shuts them out to zero. Um, you have Alabama State wakes up some people's eyes. DJ Jones talked a little bit about that, kind of snuck it in there. They defeat Bethune-Cookman 38-24, and I'm not sure if the game was as close as that. There were some parts where Bethune-Cookman looked like they were going to make a move, but every time they did, Alabama State just got it done. Oh, surprise in terms of the scoring. Texas Southern may have found them a quarterback. Can they find them some defense? It'll be interesting to see. Can they get off the side in the conference? They lose to Rice. No, Rice is not a dominant program, but they are at the FBS level. 48 to 34 uh, was that game. Yeah, Miles, it looks like they woke up as they get back in the SIC competition as they defeat Central State 55 to 4. Yeah, let me say that again. 55 to 4 dominated literally uh, with their home opener in Fairfield, Alabama. Uh, then you have Fort Valley State giving the business to Allen. Yeah, they woke up from that dream they were living as they get defeated 50, 56 to 20. Lane beats up on Edward Waters as they make the transition. They're figuring out that the SIAC is for real, 45 to 35. Another game where Central came in there and thought they were going to make a statement. They dominated early and often. A&T uh, drubs them 37 to 14. I was thinking at least they could make it interesting. It was not to be. Yeah, mm -hmm. Savannah State, is they beat up on Morehouse 29-10. to 10. Albany State gets it done against Clark Atlanta, shutting them out 49-0. to 0. Fayetteville State defeats Virginia State. That's 28-14. to 14. And again, 2 o'clock today, we got the Delta Bayou Classic with Southern versus Mississippi Valley. As we do that, Let's take our first break, and then we'll come back and get into some dialogue with this information. This is Dr. Cavill inside HBCU Sports as I'm on the road in Dallas, Texas for the State Fair Classic. Yes, let me know. This is Slow Burn Waco, slowburnwaco.com, as I have my trophy cigar in hand. We get it done. 
Charles, what is your cigar? You get you 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 got you got a trophy cigar of uh, trophy cigar. Got another trophy. I got, yeah, I know. I got another trophy yesterday, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> I like the trophy. <laughs> Eighty two. <laughs> All I get is he ain't got strong. no cigar. He got a straw. You gonna have mimosas? You gonna have mimosas this morning or something? We'll be right back. Stick with us after we get out of this break. (laughs) Let's get back to strolling instead of scrolling. Before we can safely come together, we need the facts on COVID nineteen vaccines. Visit getvaccineanswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your fam. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. Support the Black College Sports Network so we can continue to provide you coverage. Go to myjbn.com slash support and be a part of the Black College Sports This is Dr. Bill inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. We have B.J. Jones and A.G. Drew going to break us down what took place in HBCU football this week. We have some of those games of the week that we'll get into and break down, and then we'll have a teaser, give you some analysis of the game today. Before I do that, you know, we got to shout out the Lab Lecture listeners as they get in. Uh, Chuck Hunt is in the building. Amos Fawcett said, Aggie Pride, the champ is here. Michael D. D. Jones says, Mike Jones says, I got to say, Eddie Drew, I want you to pick against the Braves every week. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Reggie Walter says, good evening, gentlemen. Alan Malone, good morning. Mobile, Alabama, I see you. North Carolina Central starting to look bad. Yeah, they looked a little worse than bad. I wonder how Travion Scott and Grambling's athletic director is going to handle what is going on with the football program right now. My goodness. Oh, my Trayvon gosh. Wow, got really? DJ uh, <laughs> Jones said they will be a little excited up there in North Alabama. I guess so. G. Boone Holly says, I need to stop and buy and pick up my cigar. <laughs> <laughs> the best HBCU strong sports sports talk in town. Thank you for that. Don't forget about Langston. Yeah, Langston got it done. Langston continues to win, but they represent as the number one team in the polls. So certainly right. Great point, Karen Griffin. Apologize to Langston. Lions, they deserve their love. George Suggs is in the house. Aggie Pride, he told us Willie early. Willie Mack, Curtis, Canada. George Suggs, as we said, Ricky Burton is watching. Tough one, Ricky. Rambling be back. Hopefully it's just not against my Prairie View Panthers. But they still see if we can get it done. We'll know if something's going on if my Texas Southern Tigers can go to homecoming and make a statement. We'll see if we're ready for that. Uh, we in the lab, baby. Yes, it is. Lonnie Shaw was the favorite state game. Haven't seen them play in years. Good win over Virginia State. No, pro- no point. Great point, Lonnie Shaw. Yeah, they, that's for real. With that being said, let's get in here for this Prairie View Grambling game. Let me go to B.J. Jones. What was your thoughts in terms of that in that game? As we said, Prairie and Panther defeat, defeat Grambling State 24 to 10. Um, and I'm not sure if it was as close as a score. Credit to Grambling defensively. They made sure they could at least stick around. Offensively, they just couldn't make a lot of plays. 
uh, other than one particular drive um, to really even make it interesting. They did cut it to 10-7, but after that, um, I thought it was a big drive that I noted for Prairie View that I hadn't seen in some time. Not only what they were able to do for defensively, make some stops. Some of that is the credit of offensively of Ramlin, but offensively, this year, I've seen them do this twice. After a team scores, and it looks like they're coming in the range, they go on a methodical drive, get key third-down conversions. On this particular drive, they had at least two. And these were long third-downs, like third and nine after, you know, uh, one of them's a penalty and got like third and seven. And they were able to get crucial first downs and ultimately get a touchdown and stretch it back out make sure they were felt comfortable and put the pressure back on the other team instead of putting it on their defense, which is something different. B.J. Jones, anything else you've seen in that matchup last night? I think the biggest thing, uh, I knew that Grambling's, de- Grambling's defense is legit. Um, okay. Their defense is good enough to keep them in any football game that they play in. The bad thing about Grambling is their offense is bad enough to take them out of any football game yeah. that they will play in. And you saw the same thing on yesterday. Uh, you know, there were a lot of uh, question marks about the quarterback position, and I made this statement, and I'll stand by it. It doesn't matter who Gremlin's quarterback is. The offensive line is that bad. Um, you know, I, I said I, I would redshirt Noah Biden. I wouldn't want to throw the young man out there in front of that offensive I – mean, behind that offensive line. Um, until Gremlin gets that part uh, taken care of, everything else is, is just – interchangeable moving pieces that are going to result is going to, the results are going to bear out the same. Um, that offensive line has to get better purview. Uh, defensively, they, they looked solid, uh, to say the least. I'm impressed uh, with Juwan Pass uh, and his decision-making, his ability to get the ball down the field, and his ability when, the, when it's not there to either pull it down or drop it off. Um, his decision-making has gotten better since that first game against Texas Southern. Uh, and I am very much looking forward uh, to this Prairie View Arkansas Pine Bluff game coming up on Thursday. Yeah, that is one watch, and it's an early point. You know, Prairie View wants to make that early statement and show that they're going to be at least in the mix. They need to get it done. And then you got on the other side. Pine Bluff can't afford to go down 0-2, not only in the conference, but in the division. So they're going to be fighting uh, like Golden Lions for sure. Uh, trying to say that they still want to be king of the jungle. So it'll be fascinating to see what goes on in that matchup. But as we get back into the State Fair Classic, let me go to A.D. Drew. Um, synopsis of what you thought in that game uh, from your breakdown. Well, let's look at the positive. Graham, they doubled their offensive touchdown production on the season with an, <laughs> with an additional touchdown in this game. Mm. True, true. Take, that is true. That, that is actually is considered this is game number four. They now have two touchdowns on the season. So do the math. It, not, not hard to figure out. Also, I want to echo what BJ said. They only gave up 24 points. Their defense is playing good. They have just got to figure out how to put some points on the board. It, it, is it going to a run game to shorten the game to keep that defense off the field more? Maybe they maybe that's one less touchdown or one less field goal that the defense gives up. Which you know, it, if it's if you're within one score, you have a chance. But Ramsey has not been given a chance 
because they have an inept offense. That from outside looking in, that is what I see. Points well taken. I think you're hitting it right on the nail in a lot of ways. And Gramlin, from what I could tell, I think they tried to run the ball early. But as B.J. Jones said, in terms of the offensive line, they couldn't do it. Then they were able to hit some passes, and then they decided to do, you know, try to at least make the game um, in a way that they could pass. But between the pressure and the inaccuracy of the quarterbacks, they even gave Noah a shot, and he couldn't get it done as well, which is to a point B.J. Jones. I was kind of shocked they ultimately – put him in there, but I think that's how desperate they were. And they were at least kind of sticking around score-wise, even though they couldn't do it. But to your point, A.D. Drew, um, you're perfect in, in noting that there are some concerns there and they got to figure it out because they needed to shorten the game. The thing that did help them to some degree is they at least could play position football. So their special teams kept them in the game in terms of the punt side. And they pinned mm-hmm. Prairie View back pretty much the whole third quarter. And uh, Prairie View was in a lead, so they really didn't do anything um, outside of character to put themselves in a position to have a negative play. They did it one time when they stretched it out, and it looked like they had got a crew first down. That would have put them in 40 and made it put in some position where they could open it up. But they got called back, and then they had the turnover. This is the second time that i also seen Prairie View's defense do this. Credit, again, they're playing some offensive teams that may be struggling. But – they held them and forced them to a field goal. You've seen that in that first uh, series against Texas Southern, and they did it again against Gramlin, um, and that's where Gramlin got that three points to go up 10. Let me go to Charles before I let you jump back in so everybody get a chance to get in here, Drew. Charles, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, Purview did what was expected against Gramlin. Touch on everyone's points. Uh, we know that uh, Gramlin is struggling with regards to the offensive side of the ball, offensive line. Uh, just is not able to sustain much. I think BJ touched on that, but uh, you know, this is, I think the, the Gramlin's played four quarterbacks through, during the month of September. Uh, so, you know, questions all about on the offensive side of the ball. Shout out to uh, every Todd for keeping Gramlin in games thus far this season. Uh, he, uh, like, like we've all have said, uh, defensively, they, they are a, a good team, but just the offensive goals are really bogging them down. It's really uh, tough to kind of watch Gramlin go through that. Take your hat off the purview. They, they got it done. Juwan Pass uh, has proven himself to be uh, one of the early stars to keep an eye on. So this this data point coming up Thursday with Skylar Perry and Juwan Pass purviewing UAPB is going to be a tremendous game. Looking forward to watching. Uh, who takes that uh, early, early step? Uh, in the SWAC West. That is a huge data point for both teams. So we'll see what happens Thursday. Charles, you know about me? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, just, I, see, sure. I, see, I see. I see you got your trophy. You got <laughs> I like the, I like those trophies. I like there you those go. trophies. There Man, you we go. got slow burn cigars to make sure that we can celebrate correctly. So, yes. Uh, in no the doubt. jacuzzi last night was really in the nice jacuzzi. To pull out the, oh yeah, in the yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the bubble didn't get wet. Yes, oh no, no. You know how you got to learn how to handle it just in a certain way. You put your your uh, mixed drink, you know, just perfectly. There you go. In terms of that, and and, and you know what you're doing there. But before we get too far away, let's get in the other HBC mid major classic game of the week. Um, that was Circle City Classic. It was top 10 matchup. Number 10, Kentucky State took on number five, Benedict. Uh, it lived up. Uh, one score game, 34 to 28. Kentucky State gets it done. So look at that a little bit in terms of the uh, in Indianapolis, Indiana, Hoobie, Circle City Classic. I said, 
Kentucky State gets it done quickly before we go into his next break. Any thoughts on this matchup, starting with you, Charles? Kentucky State gets it done, uh, Brett Selby, uh, and that rushing attack from Kentucky State, you take your hat off to them. Uh, they can wear down teams, and they get a, a good win, get a good win against a quality program over Benedict. Interesting. Jay Max says Delta State, we'll get in a little bit about that. He says Delta State is scoring, making the jump. I hadn't heard of that, but I know Southland and uh, Atlantic Sun and probably the OVC all looking at these Division two and trying to get them to think about moving up, so it makes some mm-hmm. sense about that. Uh, but in terms of that, Lonnie Shaw, what's new PVB scrambling and then call it a season? Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say mission accomplished? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's, get, let's get back into this uh, mid-major game class. AD Drew, any thoughts on that Kentucky State? Benedict? I had to get that in. Wow. Kentucky State, 450 yards off it. Kentucky State. 450 yards of rushing offense. That, that's, that's what that. we call a commitment to running the ball. Yeah, and that's that. I'll put some sneaky shot in here at Grammar. It's easier for your linemen to go forward than backwards, commit mm-hmm. to the run, sell out to the run. Maybe you can survive the season. Look at Kentucky State, look at Savannah State, and look what they've done over the last couple of years by making that commitment. I like that. Great point. Great point. B.J. Jones? Hey, the biggest thing, yeah, that's a big win for Kentucky State, man. We talked about Benedict and how they've looked in the early part of the season. Uh, they look much improved, uh, you know, up under their new head coach. Um, uh, so, uh, with uh, uh, Coach Shannon's Berry. Uh, but Kentucky State, man, when they get that option going uh, yep. and, and if you can't stop it, good luck. Good luck. No doubt about it. This is Dr. Ville inside HBC Sports Lab. We'll be right back after our second quarter break, getting to the second half of the show. We'll get in a couple of more matchups. And, again, we're going to break down Southern Mississippi Valley, get into insight to see what's going on over there. People are fascinating because some of those key matchups are going, and we'll get to see. <laughs> will Prayer, if you give up on the second half of the season, or will it be as a chance to go in a different direction? <laughs> Point well taken. This is Dr. Ville inside HBC Sports Lab. We'll be right back after this quick break. It's the show where we take you inside the game before the game begins. It's it's the pregame. With your host, Charles Bishop and Neely. So get ready because we pregame harder than the other show's party. It's the pregame. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Your ad could be ran here. myjbn.com backslash support myjbn.com backslash support for more information. Dr. Ville's inside the HBC Sports Lab. As you see, 
I'm on assignment in Dallas, and uh, shout outs to Al of 1876 Sports and Culture. Uh, he does it well. Yeah, yeah. Some of these folks come out of these HBCUs, and man, they 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 living the life. They do well. He's <laughs> okay with me. So yeah, I might be making this trip annually. You know, I made it regularly, but if I can get treated like this, oh my goodness! And as you saw, Deuce certainly enjoys it. So anytime you can make the sun all happy, we'll get into it. With that being said, before we uh, waste too much more time, let's get into it. I'm not sure how long we have to talk about this game, but let's get into it. HBCU Independent Non-Conference Major Division Game of the Week. Uh, we thought it may be interesting. MEAC, North Carolina Central versus now Big South, North Carolina A&T. Uh, North Carolina Central is number three, two and one, and North Carolina A&T Aggies get in that. Aggies dominate. They don't just defeat. They dominate the Eagles. The Aggies told us whenever you would listen to them, and it's hard not to because they're everywhere and saying everything. Uh, they do dominate the game 37 to 14. I'm going to ask everybody's thoughts on this, but as you do that, I want you to include to let me know how far do you think North Carolina should or and or will drop? They were currently number three in my poll rankings. I want to know what everybody thinks of that. I'm going to start with you, Charles, in terms of North Carolina Central, this Aggie Eagle Classic, as it will be stayed that way right now because Aggies keep dominating instead of the Eagle Aggie. It's the Aggie Eagle Classic at this point. Yeah, it's pretty much the Aggie uh, classic. I wasn't even going to say Eagle on that, just the <laughs> Aggie classic. But, uh, yeah, I mean, when you take a look at what a t is doing against Central, uh, uh, dominant fashion, another dominant performance, you know, when you kind of get the write-ups from the from the conference on the, on the recap of the game, that was the shortest one. So <laughs> that was like, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, not much to go on there, but uh, uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, nice job by uh, uh, North Carolina A&T showing off that running game again yesterday. Caught the stats on that, and again they wear teams down. They whoop you up front, and that's that's the key to the that's the key to the game for uh, for the uh, North Carolina A&T Aggies. They they will whoop you, dominate you up front, and they did it again yesterday against North Carolina Central. Great points, AD Drew. Two things uh, that that I will consider when I make my votes uh, on today. Do I drop Central below Alcorn since Central has the head-to-head against Alcorn, but Alcorn has that great victory on this past Thursday, something that I, something that I have, have to consider. Also, All of also, when it comes to A&T, they got that victory, but they're getting ready to go into the Big South. So I hate to and I hate to say this, don't get bad at me, Aggie Pride. Is this the one off where they got they get this victory and they go into that gauntlet of a big south schedule and go 500 in the big south? Or is this the the get right game for A and T and they start that run and win 80% of their remaining games on this season? Just two things to consider that I will be considering when I submit my votes today. Good point. BJ Jones? Hey, the biggest thing is North Carolina A&T, man, they dominated in all three phases of the game, uh, defensively, offensively, and special teams. Um, you saw them right before the end of the half go 27-3, to which I thought that was a nail in the coffin already, and that was just at the half. Uh, but defensively, they were able to get after the quarterback uh, for, for North Carolina Central, mm-hmm. pretty much put the claps on that running game, uh, and they dictated the pace on both sides. Uh, so, I mean, I like what A&T did uh, on yesterday. It's going to be interesting to see uh, going into uh, the, the the conference season what A&T 
uh, looks like uh, the remainder of the season. I know I have a couple of games circled for them that you know I want to see. Mama is one of them. Uh, Kennesaw State is, a, is another one of those games. Uh, but I, I think they're going to fare pretty well in the, in, in the Big South as far as competition goes. All right, follow up quickly, B.J. Jones. Do they fall out of the top ten or how far you drop Central? Uh, right now, yeah, I'm dropping Central out of the top ten. Uh, you look at how they played last week against uh, Winston-Salem State and then again on this week, yeah, uh, Sayonara. They got to go. He said they, yeah, they gotta got go. to go. Got yeah, to go. <laughs> A.D. Drew? They're in by default because you get because oh. you got a lot of teams who are worse than them, and you can't justify not having them in because of some of these other teams. Mm. Point well taken, Charles. Not a top ten team, nope. They were a top ten team for that first week, but not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get into the SWAC major division game of the week. Uh, you bring this up in terms of Alcorn uh, as they have a barn burner and get it done. They defeat UAPB. Probably the best game of the week was on Thursday in a lot of ways, 39-28 as they come back. Number seven versus number five. Let me stick with you, Charles. What were your thoughts on this matchup? Uh, To be down 19 points and fight back, it showed me tremendous championship medal. Uh, I can't say enough about Alcorn in terms of coming back and getting that win. Uh, Hostile environment, uh, tough quarterback, and they walked them down. Uh, there's there's nothing more that you can say than they walked them down. Felix Harper turned into Felix Harper into the second half of that game, and Alcorn showed you why they are a championship-level team. I love a team that has that never-say-die in them, and that is what Alcorn is. And that, that it's going to be hard to knock off a team that just has the – what did Rudy Tom Janovich said? The, the, never underestimate the heart of a champion. That's who they are. Uh, so you've got to come with, with the big stick when you're playing Alcorn Braves. Charles is being modest. He calls it on Thursday as we were doing the show, and we actually got a chance the second half of the show where we were breaking down, and we went into it, and that we said that, and you said that. That score when they were down, what was it, 17-0, and they scored yeah. and made it 17-7, you said that's it. That may be a clear indicator that this will be a game ultimately. And then he put on our little group text. He had that little fishing pole. Talking about they reeled it in. I was like, they got oh, reeled wow. in. Yeah, they got reeled <laughs> I was in. Like, oh, wow. Poe Mike, he'll get the business on Tuesday. As he, he picked up Pie Bluff. No, not yet. AD Drew? Uh, when, you, when you throw out that ESPN game, Benedict versus uh, Edward Waters, have the Thursday night matchups on, e, on the ESPN family not been good games? Throw that one game oh. out. All, you know, kudos to all the conference commissioners for – picking quality games for prime time. What I want to track, and shout out to Alcorn for getting that victory, I want to see what Alcorn does in those swap games. What I mean by those swap games, those games that they were supposed to have at home this year, but they have to play them on the road because of them opting out at the last minute last year. Because I think Alcorn is going to go into those games with a chip on their shoulder. I don't know if this was one of those games or not. I have to go back and look and see if it's one of those games. But it's something that I want to track this year with them having six of their eight conference games on the road this year. Let's see what they do in those swapped, swapped out games. I know one of them is uh, Southern, which is a big one, but I don't do not believe this was one of them. But point well taken, uh, giving some indication of what that looks like. And 
at the end of the day, I think that's going to be the problem point for all four. I think they'll do what Charles said, that they will show the heart of a champion. But I think at the end of the season, those number of road games will play a toll for them, and it's going to be ultimately their downfall. Because I think they're good in their championship level mentally, but I'm not sure if their championship level in terms of talent across the field. But we'll give it to B.J. Jones, the expert, and see what he says. The thing that I liked about this ball game, every time you felt like Arkansas Pine Bluff had an opportunity just to blow this thing away, you got a turnover, you got a penalty that stalled the drive, you, you, you got something. And I think a lot of people up in, 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 in uh, around Pine Bluff, Arkansas, are going back to look at that decision to go for it mm-hmm. uh, on that fourth down instead of kicking the three because that was a difference maker. Defensively, Arkansas Pine Bluff wasn't – they didn't play as well as they did in the second half. And that Alcorn State defense stepped up uh, tremendously uh, in the second half. And the Felix Harper and that offense got to going. Nico Duffy shredded them uh, in the second half. He, he he didn't have many good runs in the first half. Alcorn, man, you, I've, I've always been told for, for you to be the champion, you have to kill them. Like, mm-hmm. you have to go out and you have to kill them. They ain't going to do it themselves. You're going to have to do it. And you and, and a football game is 60 minutes. You're going to have to play all 60 minutes mm-hmm. uh, to beat the champion. So shout out to Alcorn State. Uh, they survived. Uh, now UAPB behind the eight ball. Big one coming up this Thursday. We're talking about these Thursday matchups. AD Drew just hit on it. I think we got another good one coming up this Thursday. And this one is going to be just as important as the one last Thursday was. Mm-hmm. Man, I like all of that and then some. But I got one more question for you, BJ Jones, as you get into it. There's no doubt that that play call to go for it on fourth down instead of get those points was crucial. And it played out the end of the game. But if we go back to the first half, I want to ask you about a coaching mentality. And is this sometimes where um, it pays off early and then it may hurt you late? I thought this is a case where the coach wanted to show his team that he would be aggressive. He was aggressive in the first half and kicked the onside kick. And it worked. Mm-hmm. And it's like mm-hmm. a turnover. And he got, he got touchdown of points out of it. I think he was in that same mindset, and obviously I'm not arguing that um, at the end of the day that you go for the points, but I'm talking about the mentality. What are your thoughts in terms of how sometimes you got to take the totality of the game and the coach's mentality? Is that what was maybe going on in that matchup, saying, hey, we're going to be aggressive all night? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah, I think that it was a you know situation where, you know, Doc probably said, hey, we need to go and win this one now. Uh, let's not leave it up to chance. Uh, he saw defensively how they were playing uh, and saw that uh, old Uncle Mo had swapped sidelines. Uh, so you got to do something to get him back on yours. Uh, so I trust me, I understand why he did it. Okay, good point there. Um, I have a follow-up question. We'll get into it as we get a little more going around that uh, a little bit later in terms of what that looks like in those types of matchups about playing the championship and getting it done. With that being said, I'm going to go back to you, A.D. Drew, and let you lead this off. Alabama A&M, number one team in most people's polls, clearly number one. Um, They played some tough games in a lot of ways, South Carolina State. Uh, We hadn't seen it with South Carolina State in terms of victories, but that's a tough team. They get it done here, but now they take a step down. People have said over the years that they um, not only need to look at the defensive side of the ball, they play up and down to their competition. Do you think that's part of what took place here in terms of Tuskegee. It is a state rivalry, 
goes back a while, not much like the Alabama State-Tuskegee game, but it's there. But in this case, Tuskegee seemed to be struggling. They got their first victory last week, so they're feeling good about themselves. What did you see in this matchup with Alabama and them ultimately getting it done and defeating the Golden uh, Golden Tigers, excuse me, 45-35? to 35? Uh, Alabama A&M seems like they play to their competition. And I went back, I tracked it since, since 2019. Of their four on-field victories last year, three of them were one-score game or less. This victory against Tuskegee is the first game this year that they've won by more than one score. If you go back to 2019, five of their seven on-field victories were by one score or less. That did not matter if they were playing up or down. They will keep make the game interesting one way or another. Eight turnovers in this ball game, four turnovers each. BJ talked about mm-hmm. a fourth down uh, play in the second quarter. Alabama A&M was up seventeen nothing, and Tuskegee defense held. It was about a fourth and goal from the four yard line, and instead of kicking the field goal and taking the points, Alabama A&M went forward, did not convert. Tuskegee consequently got the ball, drove down. They did not score on that play either. Tuskegee wanted to turn the ball over. But both teams turned the ball over back and forth to each other. Tuskegee ultimately scored and made the score 17-7. And I said it, uh, I was I was on the Tuskegee radio broadcast, so I had to try to say something to make sure that the band stayed around. When Alabama a went up 17-0, I was like, don't worry. Alabama a will find a way to keep Tuskegee in the game. And that's that's what ultimately happened by by their turnovers, inability to put Tuskegee away. Tuskegee wound up uh, staying in the ball game. Tuskegee turned the ball over deep in Alabama A and M territory. Meaning Alabama A had to come back down and drive. Alabama A and M turned the ball over in plus territory. Meaning Tuskegee was given mm. short and was able to get points out of that. I really like the uh, analysis you provide in terms of not just turnovers, but where those turnovers took place. It's a lot to that story. I appreciate that. Let me go to BJ Jones in terms of your thoughts in terms of this Tuskegee-Alabama A&M matchup. Man, I was getting some text messages from um, one of the A&M people, man. He was, at first it was like, hey, man, we got this one in the bag, man. We're going to wrap this one up early. And then it was, oh, my God, this defense. Uh, and he was like, they, they seem disinterested in tackling. Um, and, and, and I've always said that the defense is a mentality more than it is anything else. Um, and, and he, he was frustrated. Um, and he was very, you know, frustrated with in the way, way in which the team played. Look, offensively, Alabama a was a juggernaut. You saw kills glass numbers yesterday going over 400 yards. But eventually that – Lack of defense is going to catch up to them. Um, mm. It's going to make a huge uh, difference because you're putting so much pressure on your offense to be on every week. And offensively, you're going to have some off weeks. Uh, this is going to be interesting to see as Alabama and them plays play some better competition, especially on the defensive side of the football, what that looks like. Remember, Tuskegee hadn't scored 35 points all season. And that was against, you know, Fort Valley, uh, West Alabama, uh, even against Edward Ward. Zampak scored 35 points all season. They put 35 points up on Alabama A&M. 
Um, and it's going to be interesting uh, coming up in the next few weeks. Jackson State visits Alabama A&M. Uh, Alabama A&M have Florida A&M. They have Alabama State over the next couple of weeks. They're going to play some defensive football teams that are going to challenge them up front. Uh, and that, that defense is going to ha- have to hold down the other team's offense for them to get all those ball games on the win. And Tuskegee's defense, their offensive production has increased every game. Zero points in the first game, seven points in the second game, 23 uh, last week and 35 this week. So, you know, their offense is finally getting right, it looks like. Yeah, we'll, we'll see that as it plays out to see if that's an indicator of them getting better or was it maybe this competition? Let me go to and, Charles. And then Miles showed up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's game 10. Now that's game 10. So we got I mean, uh, I, I think uh, we touched on it. Uh, this is the par for the course for Alabama a uh, We know that they will play to their competition, and that defense is not uh, championship-level defense. It is championship-level offense. Uh, but that, that is the concern for Alabama A&M going forward. Can you stop teams? We know you have the explosive firepower uh, to put points on teams, but uh, can you keep teams off the scoreboard? So I think that's the thing that we just have to watch with the Bulldogs going forward. I like these folks. They, they're getting into this Prairie View Grambling, trying to figure out which side of the fence they want to play on. Is Prairie View going to be all right? Is Grambling what it is? And you got Michael Ford talking about Uncle Mo. To y'all credit what you're saying, and Reginald Johnson gets on here and says, Dr. Cavill, being aggressive isn't sound coaching theory. There's nothing in coaching 101 TV. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought I liked it. Well, I, I was just trying to say. <laughs> and BJ Jones bailed me out, but I guess not. Let's get this last break in so we can get in and start looking at some of these matchups. As we said, um, number one, Fayetteville State defeats uh, – uh, not number one, but Fayetteville State top-ranked team defeats Virginia State Trojans 28-14. And Miles does what it does. We'll get a chance to talk more about them. But Miles looks like they've turned the corner if they played up the first two weekends and they're getting it done. And they just smashed Central State 55-4. So we won't get in a late, lot of dialogue there. We're going to pay it forward and look at some of these games that come up, including the one today, after we come back right after this last break. Stick with us, Dr. Cavill, inside HBC Sports Lab. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you guys for what you do for HBCU Athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for, for, for all of us. This is our ESPN, so we, 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 we love what you guys do. Brian, AD, Roy, all you guys at BCSN, we really appreciate what it is that you guys, you guys do for us. Back to strolling instead of scrolling. Before we can safely come together, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit getvaccineanswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your fam. Dr. Bill's Insight, the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Watson, Charles Bishop. Starring today is none other than A.D. Drew and B.J. Jones. 
along with my co-star, Charles Bishop, the professor. With that being said, we want to get some insight in the Jackson State game uh, against Delta State. He was in the mix, as you know, with the pregame show. We're going to let him break that down. Then we're going to move forward with today's matchup and get some insight from D.J. Jones on what that looks like. And then we'll look at some other games this week that you can start playing forward to keep your eyes on. With that, Charles, what do you say about that Jackson State versus Delta State game? They got it done, but what's some insight that people can pick off that may not have been a chance other than see the score? What took place in that matchup? Yeah, they, they got it done against a tough uh, Division two foe in Delta State. Like you said, that was uh, 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 a good a game within the state of Mississippi in terms of re- recruiting. But uh, one of the things that you take a look at with regards to this game, uh, Jack State did jump out 17-0, and they were flat in the second half, period, point blank. Uh, they have a championship-level defense, but that offensive line, uh, is, it is not good. Uh, there is nothing else you can say about that. They are not able to uh, sustain a, a running game worth, worth anything. Uh, yesterday, uh, they only ran for 65 yards. And the thing that's most concerning, if you're not going to be able to run the ball, then you got to be able to protect uh, your quarterback. And there was another game where Shador Sanders got touched up pretty good. Uh, he was sacked four times yesterday against Delta State, and he was hit pretty good against uh, UL Monroe. So uh, if you're not going to do one thing, you better do the other thing really, really well. And I think that's a lot to put on a freshman quarterback when you're not able to run the ball. So uh, one of the things that came out of this game, uh, they're, a little, they're a little dinged up uh, as a team physically. Uh, so they need this off week coming up to, to get healthy again. But uh, those were the things that really jumped out in regards to this game. And it, we talk about momentum, uh, momentum being what it is. Uh, Jackson State had a young man that was uh, uh, kicked out of the game for a targeting penalty. And Delta State astutely picked up on that and they picked on his replacement. Got a quick touchdown. Mm. You know, got a quick touchdown. Then you had a kickoff where Jackson State fumbled the ball. So momentum, it was a slow build in the second half. And then you looked up and you had a game. And Jackson State's defense had to make a play uh, right at the very end of the game to preserve the victory. But it was a game that I think, you know, as a team, they they have to grow from uh, because you cannot just put this we're better than you attitude out week in, week out, and not expect it to bite you. Quick question, just a couple of words. Go around. Uh, the circle, if you would, with everybody, is it better to be stellar on one side of the ball or be better than average on all phases of the game? Quickly, B.J. Jones, what are your thoughts? You want to be better than uh, average uh, because what happens is if you're dominant on one side of the ball, people will eventually pick that up and they'll eventually start picking you apart. Charles? definitely better to be average on all phases I think if you're stellar at some point you do get worn down and uh you know coaches are not dummies they will find the weaknesses at some point they will do enough film work and figure you out AD Drew if you are stellar on one side of the ball know what you are and how you are so that you so that you as best as you can on that and figure out how to make the other ones at least average to give yourself a chance, i.e. see Alabama a Great point. We'll see because we have that matchup. Great defense, great offense. We'll see if it plays out like that, as B.J. Jones alluded to in a couple of weeks. That's why I asked that question. But before we do those couple of weeks, we got next weekend. But before we get into the next weekend, we got to finish this weekend, which is a matchup with Southern and Valley. Most people don't think this will be a game. But in a lot of ways, people are interested to see what Southern does as they once have to bounce back 
And two, can they make a statement about being really in the hunt for the West? And so I want to get BJ Jones' thoughts on this matchup today and let me know if I'm right on point in terms of what I just said. Oh, you're spot on. I think that what people want to see, especially those of Jaguar Nation, is see Southern to play four quarters of football, uh, which is something that they haven't done all year. Uh, you want to see if defensively if they're taking the steps. Uh, is, is there improvement uh, in the tackling that was on last week? Uh, but then, you know, you had that fourth quarter against McNeese, uh, McNeese State. Uh, and then the quarterback position, uh, the quarterback position as well as offensive efficiency, um, especially when we started talking about the pass game. Look, Southern for the last couple of years has been one of the better rushing teams in the conference. But also Southern during the last couple of years have been one of the worst passing teams in the conference. Um, and it's difficult to win that way. They found a way to do that. Uh, but I think if you're a Southern fan, you're looking discipline. Uh, does this football team play uh, disciplined football, which is something they haven't done all year? Um, and offensively, uh, can you get the passing efficiency up? And who takes the snaps at the quarterback position? Do you continue to roll with Darius Skelton? Or is Bubba McDaniel the guy you go forward? And also, what – uh, role does Darius Skelton play in this offense? He's too talented mm. just to sit him down. Uh, does he play almost like a Taysom Hill role, which is something that's been talked about um, amongst Jaguar Nation pretty much all summer? So what uh, does Southern look like, and do they take care of business when you have an inferior opponent? Do you let them hang around? Love those points made there. Dr. Roger Holmes says, be fundamentally sound in all phases of the game. You got another vote for that. Uh Alicia Ray says Valley has a great defense. Valley in the upset. Kay Johnson just lets it be known. Let's go Valley. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's all about Jackson State folks jumping in. <laughs> right. <laughs> Noel Price says go Valley. I don't root for Scotland's deal in no shape or fashion. Yeah, let it be known. <laughs> LaShawn Harris does say SU needs to have a clean game today and play four quarters of football, as what BJ said. So, Getting his thoughts in here, that's good to go. Um, let's go off on it. I'm going to stick with you, B.J. Jones, as we move forward, games to keep your eyes on. And I think your point of uh, contention was that uh, Prairie View, Arkansas Pine Bluff on the road at Prairie View for Thursday night game. Uh, any early thoughts on that? Oh, man, I, I think that, you know, if you're Arkansas Pine Bluff, this is a must win. Um, and it's very rare that you get a must win before you get to October. But if they fall behind 0-2, um, you can almost – you know, hang it up as far as defending that Western Division title. You need for a lot to go right uh, for you to get back in. And if you're Prairie View, you're out to prove that these last two seasons uh, where you're beating Grambling uh, in, in 2018 and in the fall of 2019, and then just fall off completely after that, that that time is over. Uh, so, you know, if you're Prairie View, you have to position yourself uh, to be a contender in the, in the Western Division. Uh, so I'm going to definitely be looking at that ball game. I think that's the must win uh, for really both of those football teams. Um, and then I think that this one might be one that slips through the cracks. Uh, next week, you got Alabama State coming off that win against Bethune-Cookman. Uh, the way that they look, they have to go on the road next week in Tallahassee uh, to play Florida A&M. Um, I think that that's a big game because Florida A&M is already 0-1 in the conference. And you can't go 0-2, and I think that this could be – a statement game for Alabama State because I think everybody had Donahill Ely, uh, you know, in the unemployment line and them searching for a new head coach uh, after that Miles game and holding the phone. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it did. It was all about the fake folks. It wasn't nobody else. It was them. It was, it was them. <laughs> they, they, had their whole, they had their own coach at the unemployment line. They wanted to be gone. But if he if, if Alabama State goes to Tallahassee and pull this pulls this one off um against Florida A and M, he'll he will he will have some fans for a week. Um and then Florida A and M, you know, one of the teams that people expected uh to contend in the East. They'll need a lot of help because they'll be 0-2 in the conference. So I think those are the two big games I'm looking for uh, next week. Liza, Ray says UAPB will be be a beast next year. I can appreciate that, certainly if it's not starting Thursday. AD, what are some of the big matchups you're looking at next week? I got two of them that I'm looking at. Number one. South Carolina State and Bethune play each other. I like that. I was, two, yep. two winless teams going in, in a non-conference matchup. But I, I want to look at this from a South Carolina State point of view. Mm, okay. South Carolina State needs to get this victory, and I'm going to tell you why. South Carolina State is still predicted to sweep through the MIAC. But who wants to pay to go to Atlanta in December to watch a five and six South Carolina State team played a SWAC champion. This is that one game that they need to get in to potentially guarantee that you will have a team from represent the BAC that will be at least 500. Because I don't know if they're going to get another non-conference victory outside of this game if they don't pick this one up uh, this week. Game number two is uh, Albany State traveling to Fairfield, Alabama to take on Miles. And arguably the two teams that are predicted to meet again in the SIAC championship game. This game may be for home field advantage in the SIAC championship game. Good point. I love it. I love it. Good point in all that. Boy, I tell you, I will say this, Norfolk State Spartans say not so fast with that South Carolina State. They got a bead on it. But you're right. South Carolina State is a very solid team. And if they're going to be in the hunt and ultimately get it done against Norfolk State, because they will be at home for that game. Although I'm a swack person in a lot of ways, it was they need this victory. I agree with you uh, in terms of what that looks like. Not only that, I think there is the pause where you start to have self-doubt, even if you're a talented team. You get to getting too many L's, you may mm-hmm. not be able to climb back over that rock no matter how telling you because now it becomes psychological. With that being said, so all points are well taken, A.D. Glad you bring that up there. Charles, what are some games you're looking at this week? Uh, two games that I'm definitely taking a look at. Of course, we all mentioned UAPB and Prairie View, but uh, B.J. touched on Alabama State and Florida A&M. Florida A&M already with that one loss in the SWAC East. Uh, this will be a crucial, crucial game uh, for Florida A&M in terms of uh, holding court uh, or holding serve, if you will, in Tallahassee. But watch this. Another one that I'm kind of curious about now, uh, and we talked about it earlier with Alabama A&M playing down to the competition. They go to Grambling next week. I hope they don't get caught slipping uh, looking ahead to Jackson State. So I think this <laughs> he is said, the game. I hope they don't. No, you don't. But I mean, how, how many times have we seen Grambling with their back up against the wall in uh, the world against them? And all of a sudden, you know, Roger Probs comes out, you know, looking uh, like a championship. Out that hat. 
Exactly, exactly. So uh, that will be a very interesting one from Grandma next weekend. You know, all the problems with the offensive line, some type of way, if you can get a win against Alabama a and people forget for a week. Charles, I do see them looking in that hat. I just don't see a rabbit. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be tough. <laughs> it's going to be tough. It's just one where you just want to take a look at it. I will uh, say this, though. One that I'm thinking about, as I, and I teased it out a little bit, and glad nobody pulled it off and they're going to save me a little bit of fun out here. Norfolk traveling to Hampton for the Battle of the Bay. That's on ESPN. I think that's going to be a good one. Uh, Hampton is playing a lot better than what we thought they played in the last couple of years, so I think they're off the radio. And the fact that they're in the Big South, but North Carolina A&T is getting all that shine, rightfully so. And then Norfolk State got that big win last week, non-conference. Now they got a chance to make another statement, this time for the MEAC, as MEAC couldn't get it, get it done against the Big South. A couple of other ones were Big South, Robert Morris. I'm interested in that matchup with North Carolina A&T. You had Howard play Robert Morris. They traveled to Robert Morris um, this weekend and just could not get out of that. Obviously, we know A&T is a much better team, and they have them at home. But I'm interested in that matchup conference-wise and to see the point differentials. We can start getting some other data points, as Mike would say, in terms of what that looks like. So those are some of the games that, on top of my head that I want to look at in terms of this weekend that are interesting for me. Um, any other final thoughts as we close it up today uh, moving forward um, by everybody here? Let me start with you, A.D. Uh, didn't really have a whole lot of upsets this week, but you had a lot of scores that were a lot closer than people uh, expected them to be. Look at what your, look at what your Texas Southern uh, Tigers did, you know, no one expected them to be in the ball game this past Saturday, and they were, you know. So as we get into conference play, it's, it's time to have some fun because we will start seeing some upsets right when it gets about homecoming time. And who is going to be the homecoming killer as we get ready to enter the month of October? That's I like I'm it. DJ Jones? Hey, I think Charles brought up a good one. Uh, Alabama and I'm going to Grambling State. Historically, Alabama A&M has not played well at Grambling, even when they've had the better football team. Uh, they've gone there and, and, and not come out victorious. It's going to be interesting to see uh, Everett Todd and that defense going up against Akil Glass. If Grambling can make a play or two in the special teams uh, or, or sneak one offensively, because uh, we know offensively you don't have to be stout uh, to score against Alabama A&M, uh, Alabama A&M might end up in a real, real dog fight if they get caught looking ahead to Jackson State and they have to go, this Grambling's home opener in the hole. So you know that that place is going to be rocking. That's going to be an interesting game that I think a lot of people are going to go overlook. I'm not sure if that place is going to be rocking because I've seen some folks at Grambling. First time in a long time I've seen some doubt, some serious doubt about those Grambling mm -hmm. fans. And they're mm -hmm. used to winning. So that's the type of fan base that pouts in a lot of ways when things don't go their way. They don't stick it in. So it'll be interesting. So, again, you see like there might be a rabbit in that hat. Uh, I'm not so sure about that, but point well taken, point well taken. Charles? Yeah, I, I want to take my hat off to Alcorn again. I, I don't want to lose sight of the fact that that was a huge win at UAPB, especially after uh, fan bases kind of wrote them off after North Carolina Central loss, uh, uh, that swag me a challenge. Uh, so you, you can't say enough about that win going on the road and being down the way they were and fighting back like they did. But uh, now we're starting to get toward uh, uh, that October month where everything shakes itself out. So this is going to be fun. We'll get this last week of September in, a few data points, and then it gets real in October. 
Yeah, then we can start doing some real analysis, as they say. Jimmy wanted to remind me, wanted me to remind you, Charles Bishop. This is why I might have to cut you. Yeah, Jimmy said, "I want everybody to lose, I want everybody to lose." But but but, but Jackson said, well, "Yeah, well, Jimmy Waters wet. I, what you want me to do?" <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about it. Thank you for listening to Inside HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, the Dean of HBC Sports, coming from inside the lab in the College of HBC Sports with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop, as well as B.J. Jones and A.D. Drew. I want to thank them for their time. Again, we want to thank you for the listening to Dr. Bill's Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 o'clock. And you know we do our Sunday wrap-up at 9 a.m. where we bring in these analysts here. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. A.D. Drew, tell them what they can expect uh, the early part of the, this weekend, including today. What are some shows that are coming up uh, that they need to keep their eyes on, A.D.? Uh, Brian and myself will be doing BCSN Sports Wrap this evening. Uh, Brian's uh, on his way back home to Orlando right now. Uh, as soon as I hit this off button, I'll be on the road heading back to South Georgia. Following, and that will be at uh, six, 6 o'clock Eastern, 5 o'clock Central followed at 8 o'clock East and 7 o'clock Central by the man that you see in the bottom left-hand corner, B.J. Jones, coming on with uh, Inside of HBCU Football on this evening. So we, we're going to have at least three, possibly four hours of nonstop HBCU action on this evening. We're going to let you recover and bring it back to you again. And we'll be breaking down today's game also doing those shows. HBCU Pro Sports Media Poll comes out tomorrow. Correct. Dr. Ville's Inside HBCU Sports Lab poll rankings come out Tuesday. So check it out, and we'll be in there. What else? BCSN poll will come out tonight, first, the first BCSN poll, because we always wait to have to week four. So that'll be out tonight on, on the BCSN Sports Wrap. So uh, tune in and see that. And that's going to be an on-the-fly poll. Thank God we use a computer to uh, rank everybody because as soon as that <laughs> game ends, it'll put in that final uh, data point and the ranking will, will be submitted. No doubt about it. Good deal, as Charles like to say. He got me in that no doubt about it. I love it. I borrowed <laughs> from him. I apologize <laughs> stealing your phrase like that. That's shame on me. We look forward to next weekend as we discuss the latest in the news. Again, tune in today. We'll give you all your HBC sports love. You need it. We need it. We appreciate you for showing us love. BCSN, join my JBN, my BCSN. Follow us. We need all the likes, subscribers, all those as BJ Jones that support you. Make sure you support us so we can do more to support you. Inside the HBCU Sports Lab 1 on Twitter, that's Facebook and YouTube. Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Dream big, continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. AD? Of course. DJ? Lecture. Charles? Is missed. My man, BJ, on the money. See, it don't take him that long. He a coach, man. He yeah. Right. <laughs> Good job. Good job. See y'all, man. Appreciate y'all. Be safe when you hit the road. I'm 